Faster than a speeding bullet. More powerful than a locomotive. Hello, Gotham. Joker's back in town. I'm not wearing hockey pants. And now you're listening to the new and improved Outside the Comics Volume 2 podcast with your host, Alfred. No! What is going on, OTC listeners? Another episode of Outside the Comics Volume 2 Podcast is in your life today. We are back on a Tuesday. On a Tuesday night, for instance. I don't know why I have this habit to try to do this literally around the nighttime. And by doing this, I mean recording in general. When usually during the day, if the lawnmower is not going on in the background, or someone's not cutting their grass, or the goddamn dogs are not barking on the outside, I feel like... For some reason, it's always better for me to record as soon as I get home from work in the afternoon. And yet for me, on a personal level, it's always a bit of a challenge because I wake up at 3 o'clock in the morning. And then I go to work, I do what I have to do, and I come back usually because I leave my house around uh, 4 a.m., right before 4 a.m. I do my work, I do what I need to do, and I come back around 1.30 to 2 Within that time, I'm exhausted as it is, so I have to take at least uh, a one-hour nap, like a one, one-and-a-half-hour nap, because let's face it, I love napping. And if you're like me, we lo- who doesn't love a nap? Who doesn't love a nap besides little kids, man? Besides little kids. But in any case, I, I just love napping. It's It's what I do. It's what I love to do. And yet, as of late, I find that it's a huge waste of time for me to nap when I have so many other things going on, especially with voiceover and podcasting and recording and studying and everything else. So these are little changes that I definitely have to fix. And it's these little habits that I have to try to get to myself. Obviously not now because by the time this recording ends, it'll probably be after 10. So you might not get to it until tomorrow morning, but I digress. It is what it is now. Let's get into the juicy part of this podcast since I've talked about myself enough as it is. We are going to do another, uh, uh, another, 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 another. (laughs) We're going to do another top five comic book content of the week. Considering that there was, there was not a lot of news, but a few bits going on. Yet a few things have definitely caught my attention that I definitely want to talk about as of this moment. As you may already know, and if you haven't, if you don't already know, I'm going to recap what another top five content of the comic book content is. I know I just repeated that. I don't care. I know what I said. I know what I said. (laughs) Basically, what this segment is about, I talk about the five news that happened throughout last week to this week or even the the last few days. You know, another top five content. And I grade them, not grade them, I list them. From least relevant to most relevant. So number five all the way to one. So depending on how I feel at that time. I'm going to talk about it. Dive a little bit into it. Maybe go right past it. Who knows so to speak. It's my podcast. You're here to listen. It is what it is. It's what we do. And it's what we do best. It's as simple as that. So with that being any said. With that being any said. I'm so having trouble just stumbling upon my words. Ain't that some Ain't that some stuff? This is why we do edits, ladies and gentlemen. This is why we do edits. With that being said, we also have our Supervillain quote of the day because it is episode 138. Before anything else, I do want to say 
I normally save this for the ending of the show, but I'm going to try to see if I can switch it up a little bit in the beginning of the show. If you love my content, if you love what I what I do, and if you support me, if you continue to support me, continue to tell your friends, tell your family about me. Hit that like, hit that follow button on iTunes and Spotify and all the other listening platforms that I am am out there, that I am am, that I am am out there in the world of comic book news because it helps me out tremendously when you smash that like button. You, you give it the smash. You give it the Hulk smash, ladies and gentlemen. You give it the Hulk smash. I don't know why I just put on a Russian accent. <laughs> Having fun here, ladies and gentlemen. Having fun here, ladies and gentlemen. By all means, please hit that like, hit that follow button. It helps me out tremendously. And once again, I can't thank you enough. Outside the comics, volume 2, volume spelled V-O-L. But of course, you already know that. Now, as we do about this time... Let's get the shout-outs out of the way real quick. And we end up... Goddamn, like... We're losing our stars here, ladies and gentlemen. We're losing our freaking stars. Michael K. Williams has passed away at the age of 54. Possibly a suspected drug overdose. His body was found in a New York apartment. And... Goddamn, man. I'm not a I'm not a, a gigantic fan of his, but I have seen his work. You know, he was in The Wire, uh, Lovecraft County. Basically, you see him in so many forms of media, so many forms of movies, and he's a great actor. He really is, because he essentially is possibly one of the main actors from the 70s, 80s, and 90s all the way till now. And when I say main actors, I mean he's a true veteran in terms of what he does. So, I offer my condolences to his family, to his friends, once again to his fans, the people that he's affected, and uh, fucking hell, man. Rest in eternal power, man. Rest in eternal power. It's always a sad day whenever we come to these moments, and just almost every other day, something tragic always happens, and we end up losing one of our best stars. And we just, like, cool it. I understand death is a part of life. Let's just, let's just cool it for a bit. Let's just cool it. Anyway, enough with depressing stuff. Let's go into our top five comic book content of the week. And that comes right in a bit. So starting at number 5 for the top 5 comic book content of the week, we have our date for the Injustice animated movie. It is coming out and mark your calendars down October 19th. It'll be available on, I believe, Blu-ray and DVD, possibly on Amazon Prime, which I'm most likely going to get and see it on that. I've 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 been a fan of the animated films for a while. I really have. Even though there have been a few stories that I just felt lazy and a little bit redundant or the fact that there's only so much that you can do within an hour and a half of a animated film. Well, actually no, let me rephrase that. There is so much you can do within an animated film that's around an hour and a half, 
The problem is, for some reason, the writers need to take their time to actually engage more in terms of what it is that they're doing. In other words, when you have certain films, animated films, let's throw Apocalypse War for example. You cannot have an animated universe that is centered around world building and centered around, you know, someone's favorite characters. For example, there could be someone that could be a gigantic Batwoman fan, uh, someone that is a gigantic Shazam fan. You name any character, and people are great fans of them. But the problem is, you can't make a movie that is based purely on shock value. It has to be earned. It has to be given in a type of way. If that makes any sense. But then we have the Injustice animated movie coming up. And I have to say, I'm looking forward to it. I really am. I played the video game. I'm sure you have too. I've played the video game. I've even read all five issues. I've even read all five issues on HBO, not HBO Max, the DC Universe streaming app. I read all of them. And I read every single one of them because I love Elseworld storylines. I really do. It's almost like a, it, it's a type of a what-if scenario. What if our greatest hero turns to be the world's greatest villain, Superman himself? And I'm actually excited to see who's going to voice, well, we know who's going to voice. I can't remember off the top of my head, but we know who's going to voice them. We're going to get the credits. And the fact is, I'm more interested in the animation. I'm more interested to see how much of an R rating or how much blood and how much graphic stuff that they're actually going to show in this animated film. If you ask me, I feel like they should go all the way. You know, it's, it's a thing that I strongly support for DC. If you're going to go dark, go all the way. Separate yourself from Marvel. Separate yourself from the happy-go-lucky movies that they often do from time to time. Even though they have serious tones, just be completely different. You know what you are. And it's best to establish that. But for the Injustice movie, like I said, I've played the games, I've read the comics. Now I'm interested in watching this movie. And chances are, I'm probably going to buy the DVD movie, uh, the DVD version of it. The Blu-ray, so to speak. I'm excited. I really am. And hopefully you are too. But the reason why it's my number 5 on the list is because there's plenty more stuff to talk about that has way more importance than that. Still, we are getting the trailer tomorrow. Tomorrow, which is Wednesday. By the time you listen to this, it'll already be Wednesday. We are getting a trailer tomorrow, the official trailer. And I really hope, it's highly unlikely, but I really hope they find a way to cram in all five issues, including the game, within this movie. Again, it's highly unlikely. I don't want it to be, oh, here's part one. Part two will be coming out in a few months. No, just just raise the price up a little bit if you can. Compile it all into one movie, and then we can enjoy it so much more. Otherwise, I'm just going to have to read the comics again. Is that what you want? Warner Brothers, is that what you want? Ask yourself that question. Just ask yourself. Coming at number four, we have Marvel's What If. This is a this is a two-parter in a way for number four. First of all, we have Marvel Zombies. There's gonna be zombies that's gonna be introduced. You know, what happens if our Marvel's heroes become zombies? And that's gonna be tomorrow's episode. 
But let's talk about last week's episode. I know, I know, I said it, I said it. I'm not going to dive too much in terms of what each episode is, and I'd rather wait until everything is finished so that way I could determine and decide which one has been my favorite, which one's my least favorite, and so on and so forth, yada, yada, yada. But let's face it, come on, last week, Doctor Strange, holy shit! Possibly the best episode in this entire season by far. I don't see anything else that can top it. I really don't. If you have not seen it, if you have no idea what it is that I'm talking about, slight spoilers, slight spoilers. Doctor Strange fucks shit up. And the question, what if always leads with one question? What if this happens or what if that happens? Well, the Watcher actually said this very, very clearly. What if Doctor Strange loses his heart instead of his hands? Something to ponder on that. And this episode definitely explored that in many, many aspects. It really does. And I kid you not, including the voice work from Benedict Cumber- uh, uh, Cumberbatch. Sorry if I mispronounced that last name. From Benedict Cumberbatch, you know, come on. Come on, we all know him. Shit, we all know who he is. Such a handsome guy, such a devilish looking guy. Doing what he does, you know. Freaking Sherlock Holmes over here and shit. We know what you're talking about. The impressive voice work from him is by far probably the best of the entire episode. And I probably saw it at least six times. I kid you not. I wish I was exaggerating, but I'm not. I already saw the episode six times because I love it so much. It has everything. It has heartbreak. It has you know, the, the the consequences of certain choices. It has an epic battle scene. It has great visual effects. It has great animation. It has great voice work. Everything you want from that episode into this is fucking awesome. I just really wish these episodes were not 30 minutes. Make it 45. Even 40. Make it something along those lines. 30 minutes is way too short for me. It really is. But... As I said, this was a two-parter. If you are excited for the Zombies episode, and it might be on par with last week's episode, that's coming out tomorrow. But if you have not seen Doctor Strange's episode from last week, I highly, highly recommend it. It is Marvel's What If Episode 4, Doctor Strange. You will not be disappointed if you have not seen it. Coming at number 3, Scarlett Johansson. This is the thing that I was talking about from my last episode. And I had some concerns. I don't know. Before I start off by saying this. I don't know how much of this is true. Because we all know on how a lot of news outlets likes to be when it comes to clickbaits. When it comes to rumors. When it comes to pretty much anything that has to do with big time people or important people like the Russo brothers. However. I can't say that there is not any speculation. And I did comment on it before. Scarlett Johansson's lawsuit is there's a chance that this is going to push the Russos away from not making another Marvel film again because of the uncertainty of what happens with their big epic film possibly being distributed simultaneously on theaters, in theaters, and Disney+. Plus. I spoke about this before, didn't I? I called it. I said 
that this in turn might bite Disney in the ass. Assuming, let's take this at face value. Let's say that this is true. If this is true, okay, and we have no recollection, we have no, not recollection, we have no knowledge in terms of what their epic movie was going to be. I like to think it's Secret Wars. I like to think it's Secret Wars or maybe Avengers vs. X-Men in some capacity. And that's just me guessing. I have no, I have nothing to back up that statement. I have no proof to back up that statement. I have not read any news articles, nothing. I'm just speculating. I'm just guessing. But it has to be a something, I mean, what can be something bigger than what they did with Marvel's Infinity War and Endgame? What can be bigger? It has to be Secret, Secret Wars. And the only people that can actually give that to us in terms of directing that movie is possibly the Russo brothers. I don't see anyone else doing that. So if Marvel does not fix their shit up with Scarlett Johansson and this indeed is going to push them away from not making a Marvel film again. I mean, I'm not saying any other director would probably replace them, but do you honestly think any other director will actually have the capabilities and the envision of what the Russo brothers actually gave us, especially with the past few films of the fucking decade? Come on, guys. God damn. I told you. I told you from the get-go. I told you from the beginning. Marvel's, this lawsuit with Scarlett Johansson versus Mickey Mouse over here, Black Widow versus Mickey Mouse, this is going to sever ties with possible people that they work with. It'll sever ties with sponsors, with commercials, brands. Because they're going to see it. They're like, wait, you couldn't handle and take care of your one employee that has been with you for the past God knows how many years, 10 years. And now you want to work with us? Fuck off. No way. No way. I told you that this was going to open up a floodgate for everybody else that is associated with Marvel, associated with Disney in some capacity where they're going to be like, wait, if they did that to her? To Scarlett Johansson, what did, what can they do to me? And I get it. There are some there is some talk and there's some capacity where it's like, well, Disney is still a huge monopoly. It's probably the one of the most powerful, if not the most powerful, entertainment companies in the entire world. So of course I don't want to sever my relationship with them in any way, shape, or form. Of course, no, 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 no. But then you have to think about it and you have to think to yourself, okay, what does that mean for the big time guys? What does that mean for the people that have worked on your films and have actually brought us, helped bring us the magic and the capabilities of Avengers Endgame? Dude, you have to think about it this way. Avengers Endgame is the second most powerful film in all of cinema history in terms of global box office numbers. Number one is Avatar. Number one is Avatar. Number two, Avengers Endgame. What does that tell you? Numbers don't lie. So if Disney wants to go about this running around in circles with Scarlett Johansson, that is going to scare off the Russos away because they are uncertain of what they're going to get or what they're not going to get in terms of profits, in terms of getting paid a certain amount, in terms of how their movie is going to be distributed, in terms of anything... Disney, yo, Mickey Mouse, you're fucking up, son. You're fucking up. 
there's no way, there's no other way for me to say it. You fucked up, son. You fucked up. And like I said, I don't know how much of this is true. This is all speculation. We're taking this at face value. But if this is true, they're going to need to get their shit together and clear this up with Scarlett Johansson right then and there. Because it's only going to be a matter of time before other people that actually works with Disney, works with Marvel, that are going to want to sever ties too. This is going to bite back Marvel so much. I'm just, I keep saying Marvel. This is going to bite Disney so much in the ass big time. And I get it. You're probably thinking, well, Garcia, they're the they're they're just two guys. They're the Russo brothers. Anybody can make a, a big Marvel film. No, no, my guy, don't ever think that way. If you are thinking that, go to the mirror, go to your bathroom mirror, and look at yourself and slap yourself against the face right now, like just just one big slap with a good hot cup of cold water. You have to understand. Not anyone can have the same vision that the Russos has had with their past few films. There's a reason why they were the only guys that gave us what they gave us. And there's also a reason why when it comes to other films in comparing, let's say, Captain Marvel, Black Widow, Thor, or any of the other low, crappy Marvel movies, the directors, in a way, have no idea what it is that they're fucking doing. Now, I understand what I just said is a bold statement, and I understand that I should not be talking because I'm not a director myself. I completely understand that. I also understand that directing a movie is hard. I understand that it takes months, if not years, to have your vision played out, and of course, you have to go through so many heaps and bounds. You have to go through writing staffs. You have to go through the studio's decisions. You have to find out if the studios actually approve your decisions. You have to find out if your actors are willing to work with you in terms of what you need them to do. There are so many outliers. There's so many factors that goes into directing a film and it takes a long time for you to get that I understand that completely however however when it comes to the Russo brothers or Steven Spielberg or Martin Scorsese or any other of the big time uh, James Wan epic horror director when it comes to these great directors they what do they have they have strong credibility you take that away, what are you left with? Do you really want a C-level director to give us a C-level movie? Come on, Mickey Mouse. Fix this shit. Freaking fix it. I spent a lot of time on that one. I really did. What was that, number three? Oh, yes. Coming at number two. I, w I was debating about putting this at the low point, but considering that this is recent and this actually helped push us number one, which I'm excited to talk about. Coming at number two, Shang-Chi and the Legend of the Ten Rings hits over $140 million at the global box office during Labor Day weekend, which means it's only going to be a matter of time before that number increases like crazy. That's actually pretty good. $140 million during Labor Day weekend, during this pandemic, during all of this uncertainty of what's going on in, in films and whatever, and the theater companies, that's actually pretty good. Because I remember, I forgot who said it, I, I forgot if it was Kevin Feige or someone 
within Disney where they said, oh, this is going to be an experiment to see what's going to happen with Shang-Chi, what's going to happen with our movies going forward. And safe to say, the experiment went very, very well. Because if you truly think about it, if imagine this movie failed at the global box office. Imagine it did. Hypothetically, imagine it did. That means that this would give incentive for other films to follow, regardless of their Disney films or not, to actually take place and postpone everything where they realize, okay, so if Shang-Chi did bad, that means that we need to push ourselves to be at a spot where we know we can actually make the money, the profit, for ticket sales to come in for the movie theaters. Now, of course, of course, you have to think to yourself, there are so many other factors that goes into it. And like I said, this is the global box office. But the Chinese market is a huge market, especially when it comes to filmmaking. And Shang-Chi being a strong representative of the Chinese market... Whether you assess or agree that the majority of their profits came from overseas, it doesn't matter. What matters is what the numbers are showing. And now, in a way, this actually leads into number one. Because of this, and because of the fact that people are now excited to go and watch films again, this pushes Venom, let there be carnage, to move forward, not back, from October 15 to October 1st. October 15 to October 1st. Mark your calendars down. I've already hit up my best friend. I'm like, yo, you and me, Venom 2, we out. No ands, if, or buts about it. I don't want to hear her argue. Oh, I have to work. Fuck off. We're, we're going to see this movie. It's been a long time since I've seen you. It's been a long time. The pandemic has separated us. It has separated, you know, our good time together in terms of hanging out and laughing and joking and whatever. And mind you, guys, I'm speaking this on a passionate level because he's my brother. He's my best friend. We've grown up together. We've been through almost everything together. And I want him to enjoy this experience with me. So with that being said, I hit him right right then and there. I'm like, dude, you and me, We're going to see this movie. And of course, I'm going to see it twice with my lazy panda, probably the very next day. Now, I don't know if I'm going to do a Friday night or Saturday night or which comes first, but chances are the lazy panda is going to come first, you know, my significant other, and then my best friend is going to come, or maybe vice versa. Who the hell knows? Who the hell knows? What I'm not excited about, though, is Venom 2, Venom Let There Be Carnage is PG-13. And I actually just finished just pretty much uh, talking ears off with some guys from Twitter where they're like, oh, it's not a big deal that this movie is PG-13. Uh-huh. Yeah, you say that. You say that. And if, God forbid, this movie fails because of its rating and they decide to cut away from the gory aspects and they wanted to tame down Carnage, a psychopathic killer symbiote type of a thing that... You want him to be PG-13, and it's all about, oh, uh, it, it's just the axe. It's, it's just the axe. It's just the axe that matters. Well, we know what, what exactly these characters are doing. We know. Okay? Something that I have not said to them on Twitter yet. I really want to call them out, but I'm not going to because I don't want to get sued for defamation. Whatever. But if they're listening to this, they know exactly who I'm talking about. Imagine putting Pennywise from It as PG-13. Just imagine. Imagine, imagine putting Michael Myers as a PG-13 type of a figure. 
Imagine putting Jason X. Imagine putting Texas Chainsaw Massacre as a PG-13 film. Imagine putting Hugh Jackman's Logan as PG-13. Oh, but Garcia, uh, the Wolverine Hugh Jackman has been PG-13 for a very long time, so wouldn't that... No, 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 no. 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 Don't give me that. Do not give me that. You want to know why? Because Logan is a good guy. Logan slash Wolverine has been a good guy for many, many years. Ever since X-Men that came out in 2000 for over 20 years, Logan has always been a good guy. And his movie, his standalone movie, I don't count the Wolverine, I count the latest one, the epic conclusion of his character. There's a reason why Hugh Jackman took a huge pay cut from PG-13 to rated R. Because he knew the proper way to give this character, this awesome, epic character, the due that he is due. The final due. It had to be rated R. So you cannot tell me that Carnage, a sadistic killer that is homed, that is helmed by a figure, essentially is another version of the Joker. You cannot tell me, oh, it's fine for him to be PG-13. You just can't. And I give you all these other examples. PG-13 horror movies, there is a lane for them. And I and maybe I'm comparing a little bit apples and oranges and bricks here, but I'm trying to make my point here. Venom is not a horror movie. He's not. But there are horror elements. You have a guy eating body parts from people. You had She-Venom from the first movie biting a guy's head off. You got Venom at the very last movie consuming a guy whole. And yet, the camera decides to cut away from it because it has to appear to the masses. It has to appear to the everyday person. It has to, it has to be a family film. It, it just it has to be a family film. And I get it. I get it. Sony is a business. They are a business. They want to make as much money as humanly possible. And they know that they will make more money if the movie was PG-13 as opposed to rated R. I completely understand that. But, but, there's a reason why Logan and Deadpool did very well at the box office and they were rated R. So Sony cannot be afraid to pull the trigger of doing that. And maybe that's the only reason. Maybe there are more reasons out there in terms of why it has to be PG-13. But until it's heard otherwise, they want to do it. Because they realize PG-13 movies make more money than rated R films. Maybe not always, but in this case, it probably will. And maybe it will. But what are the people that critiques and reviews and everybody else is going to talk about? Oh man, Carnage was awesome, but I just didn't see any of the any of the violence. I, I, I didn't see any of the, uh, the, the cold-blooded killing that, that this character is portrayed as. I didn't get to see... The, the epic conclusion of Venom versus Carnage because it, it cut away from an epic death scene. Maybe I sound like a psychopath myself. Maybe I do. Maybe I do. But again, let's look at another example. What if Joker was rated PG-13? How seriously do you think that film was going to take? There is a lane for rated R films. 
And I strongly believe and I strongly support that this movie should be rated R. Now, now, if we get a PG-13 movie, which is this, because it will be PG-13, and we get a later release cut where the movie is rated R and it does show the violence and it does show the gore, I shut my mouth right now, I shut the hell up, I take it up in the butt, and... I want to scratch that, but it's kind of funny the way I said it. I'm going to, I'm going to, uh, I'll admit when I'm wrong. I'll admit when I'm wrong. And I will go and I will watch the movie and I'll be like, yes, 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 yes. Because they did that with Batman v Superman. Even though there was rarely any changes, they did that with Batman v Superman. They can do it with this. So Sony, if you want to make extra, extra money, if you're listening to this, if you have a representative that's listening to this, if you want to make that sweet moolah, that sweet green, release it as PG-13, wait a few months, and then release it as rated R. I guarantee you, you will, maybe, not guaranteeing, you'll maybe surpass close to a billion dollars at the global box office. That's all I got to say about that. That's all we have for today on this episode of Outside the Comments Volume 2 podcast. Once again, guys, thank you so much for listening. Thank you so much for tuning in. If you have any questions whatsoever, if you disagree with me in any way, shape, or form, and you want to get on the podcast, and you if you are one of those guys that I'd be talking to on Twitter, and you want to, by all means... Uh, disapprove me otherwise, by all means, bring it on. I welcome the challenge. Step into the ring. Step inside the cage. Go one-on-one with me. Come on my platform. Come to my world. Try to see if you can go toe-to-toe with the great one over here. You know what I'm trying to say. I'm going to stop that accent because I feel like I'm going to offend a lot of people. Ah, fuck offending people. Stop being sensitive. Stop it. I'm trying to have fun here. I'm trying to have fun. But again, if you want to go against me in any way that I say... By all means, hit me up. Let's have a discussion. Let's have like a little little a little bit of a game, you know, uh three rounds, five rounds. By all means, I'm all for it. I'm all for it. I like controversy. A con- controversy engages the people. But aside from them, you know what to do. Hit me up Voice of Garcia on Twitter and Instagram. I'm always on Twitter, Mike Garcia VO on LinkedIn. And if you need my services in any way, shape, or form, go to my website, voiceofgarcia.com. That's voiceofgarcia.com. If you want me to do your intro, your outro, if you want me to, you know, say anything in terms of what your podcast should be about, you want me to do a jingle or whatever the case may be, you know how to do it. Hit me up on one of those platforms and we can get the truck on rolling. Now... Let's go into our supervillain quote of the day. And this one is from Evil Superman himself. Or in the comics animated series calls him Lord Superman. Fear is the only thing these people understand. One day you'll learn. And my reaction to that is this. I personally would not want to fuck with an evil Superman. Because chances are he'll probably torture me like crazy. But at the same time. Fear is something that we can understand, but it's also something that we can despise. When you despise something that you're fearful of, 
Where does that leave you after? Something to think about. Something to think about. Once again, guys, thank you so much for tuning in. Check out on Friday where we will talk more on all the hilarious happenings that goes on in the world of comic book news, games, shows, movies, or whatever the case may be. And always remember, if you hear about it and you read about it, I talk about it, controversial or otherwise. Stay safe. Till next time, I'm done, I'm through. Peace out.